0: Welcome to Living in the Glass, an exploration of Virginia wineries, breweries, and distilleries, searching for great pairings, processes, and influences on the growing industry in Virginia. Now, here's your host, Paul Helmuth. In this episode, we continue with our series talking with winemaker Lee Hartman from Bluestone Vineyards in Bridgewater. In our first episode, Lee talked about how Bluestone Vineyards started. In this episode, We talk about their process in making wine as well as pairing wines. We also talk about Riedel glasses and if special wine glasses really make a difference. So when it comes to your vintages, and I'm just, this is more out of my sheer curiosity, you know, I I barrel it. Do you go through each year or each month and taste what's in the barrel to see how well it's aging?
1: Yeah, I mean, you you have to taste stuff all the time. If if you don't, uh, then, you know, Sometimes just being neglectful of something is the worst thing you can do. You know, if if you're at least just mindful of it, and you you can uh, know it, what what condition it's in at the moment, then you can treat it accordingly. Right. And so if if I if I have uh, a wine or a barrel that I haven't opened up in a while, um, you know, I open up every barrel about once a month, and I add um, about a liter of wine. To every barrel, because um, that wine literally evaporates at about the rate of one liter a month per barrel. Okay, and so so you have to go through and, and you you top off all those barrels so that they don't um, have that that headspace where you know oxygen will uh, come in and, and ruin your wine. Where do you pull that wine from? You break down other barrels. Okay. So, so every so, if I have 225 barrels, which I have more than that, but if I have 225 barrels, and they each need a liter every month, one barrel is 225 liters. So, right. what I do is I just I hook up the pump and some hoses and I uh, fill up about 11 kegs, and then I go through and I top. I use those 11 kegs to top off um, all the other barrels, and then those leftover. Uh, those leftover kegs get sent up here to the tasting room and we fill up growlers with them. Okay. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're perfectly good wine. Right. You, you can't, Absolutely. you don't want to take bad wine and then top off all of your barrels with it. Cause right. then all of your barrels are going to be bad wine. And the
0: wines age the same length. It's the same type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like all you're doing is just removing it from the barrel. Now, what, how do you sell that wine then?
1: You mean when it's a when yeah. it's a growler up yeah. here? Um, no. So one of the things that that I really like about it. Um, so we bought a, a kegerator, you know, uh-huh. and 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 so my wife and I we we love going to we love to go to restaurants downtown, and we we, we you know every time you go there's some sort of rotating beer list, right? Because they've all got like six or eight taps, and and they've got something from Pale Fire or from Brothers, and it's it's some beer that you've never heard of before, and you better drink it now because it's going to be gone and, and it's not coming back. And, and it's yeah, and it's some name, and they, they always like get to have fun uh, coming up with these names of of something that means something, or maybe it's an inside joke, or or um, maybe it's something that's important to them. Um. And, and so so uh, I just get to send these things up here, and um, uh, they're, they're always named after Grateful Dead lyrics. <laughs> and uh, so, so, you know, that's, that's my own personal spin. On. I'm, I'm never going to have a Grateful Dead labeled wine. Right. But I do have growlers, and I have a keg of wine. And so if, if, if you want uh, this, this, uh, this dead lyric or that dead lyric, and, and the funniest thing to me about it is how many people have come out, and they're like, you know just like suddenly reveal themselves as a, as a deadhead and I'm like I had no idea but thanks for drinking the wine
0: yeah so um, let's talk about your wine a little bit so you yeah. you have almost two dozen if if you were to introduce someone to wine and I will tell you everyone's tastes are different. I started off with I don't like wine and then I realized it wasn't I didn't like wine. I didn't like really, really cheap wine. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to introduce wine to someone based on your vineyard mm-hmm. um, and everyone's tastes are very, very different, yeah, um, what would you start them off with?
1: I think some of it would, 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 would depend on their tastes of other things. Okay. You know, do, do they like big flavors? Do you like things that are spicy? Do you like um, exotic foods? Are you just very much a, a, a meat and potatoes kind of person? Um, you know, I would take all those things into account. I think you know there's something to be said about personality as right. well you know are, are you somebody who uh is going to want a big bold drink that's going to make you thirsty right you know or do you want something really delicate and um um you know that uh you know is, is something that if if you had chicken it would overpower it right. you know it, it, what what are you doing are you just going to drink wine or are you going to have it with dinner um you know, like that sort of question. I I, I think that that there are uh, quote unquote like starter wines that make a lot of sense. Right. I think a lot of people when they are young and getting into wine, I think the the stereotypical thing to do is, is to start with sweet wines. Right. I was I was never into sweet wine. I uh, I I think with a lot of people, I think they they can remember that first. Oh man, this is this is awesome stuff. Wine, right? You know, and uh, for me, it was it was a it was a Syrah from New Zealand. Really? Yeah, and uh, uh, I still have two bottles of it at home. Um, but but yeah, you you, uh, you you never know like what might actually catch people.
0: Well, and and so you, based on what you said, herring is very can be very important. Oh yeah, what you eat. Hmm. Um, with it can change its flavor what you even ate for the day yeah so you know i think people talk about generic pairings but i don't know that you can always do that either because you know you you, a lot of people say like fish get a white wine you know red meats get a red red wine wine. yeah Mm -hmm. but i think that all depends a little bit too on, on on the wine itself yeah, a Malbec from Virginia does not taste exactly the same as a Malbec
1: from no, Argentina. No, no, it does not. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, and sometimes you know you you might even say, uh, like like we can pick on Pinot a little bit. So like let's let's say that you you have Pinot Noir, which which is not a big over the top crazy wine, right? And and one of the things that's really cool about Pinot is not only that it goes very well with food, but that it has uh a lot of subtlety to it, right? Like a really good one does. And and it is something that when you open that bottle and you enjoy that wine for the next 3 to 4 hours, it's going to evolve. It's going to turn into something completely different. And, and that's, that's part of what's so exciting about it. And if you are new to wine and you don't have the patience for it, like you might miss that entirely. Right. But at the same time, you know, I, I think that, that the, the, the best way to get into wine, uh, and this sounds dumb, is, is to just drink wine. It's, you know, no, yeah. nobody, nobody drinks wine twice a year and is good at it you know right. like nobody nobody knows uh, uh their way around a map of burgundy when when they drink mostly ipas right or 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 they they you know never look at a wine list so so i think that that i, I think some of, some of it is um a little infectious. Like, if you have a friend who's really into wine and they can not only share some wine with you but explain to you why they think that this wine is cool. Right. You know, I, you know, it, the the Bluestone team uh, got together at um, at at, at, a, at somebody's house just uh, uh, on Monday night, and she had gone to and some other members of our staff had gone to Italy in the last year, and they and it was kind of like a potluck, but they they let everybody know ahead of time what wines were going to be served, and then they got to share about those wines as we had dinner and as we paired them all with food, and and if you just go to Uh, A wine shop, uh, and you see just a you know um, just a a a section with the word Italy on top of it, and maybe the outline of the boot. Like, there's no story to any of that, right? And I think that a lot of a lot about wine is about stories, and and when when somebody is able to share that with you, that's what gets people into wine.
0: Well, and and I think about that. I was talking to someone recently about when you're going to purchase wine Mm -hmm. when you go to purchase it I I want someone to be able to explain the wine to me and I'll I'll equate this to a bartender Um, I would say what I consider a phenomenal bartender is a bartender I can sit there and talk to them about the different types of whiskeys, bourbons and different types of liquors and what they can do to it in different types of wines whereas there's some who are like yeah, we have Jim Jack, and you know they, they can't explain anything. Yeah. They just know how to pour the drink, and that makes a difference. Yeah, you know, if you can tell me the story about your wine, if you can understand that pairing, you know what's the difference between your wine and someone else's wine. That that's important. Yeah,
1: yeah, so, yeah. I, I think I think that 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 also goes like to, to the service right. at, of of a restaurant or at a bar. You know, like I, I remember. The times when uh, you know my wife and I would go out to eat, and we just tell the the bartender or the server, you know, to either you know just take care of us, just just tell us what should we be getting next, what should we, or or you know, one time we were going to get a bottle of wine, and you know, we said, well, let's wait until we pick out our food, and then I picked out a steak, and she wanted scallops, and we're like, well, this is terrible, and and the server uh, suggested uh, a wine, and and we said, uh, okay. Do it, and it was perfect. It was, it was fantastic, and and so, um, you know, those sort of things stand out to you, and, and they're 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 more like memories, right? You know, I, I think that, the I think the way that I look at wine is that it's it's such an experiential thing. It's it's not something. Um, that you just pick up immediately i don't i don't know and and going back to like that starter wine like what would you first tell people to go to um i would tell them to first go to a winery because that's the people people there are going to be able to tell you about wine right and, and hopefully they'll they'll be really cool about it. And they won't be real pretentious and stuck up. And, you know, it's that part of the wine world that I, I really can't stand. It's like, it's, it's almost like this gatekeepers syndrome where they don't, it's almost like they don't want other people to get into wine. Right. And I'm like, well, if, if you're going to act like that, why would anybody be into this? Right. But, but like, you know, there are a lot of people who are very excited about it. And, you know, can tell you those stories or can share their enthusiasm and, that That is how I think you get into wine.
0: Do you have a wine? So it was 2010, correct, that you all started Yeah. Here. Mm-hmm. Do you have a wine here that you're most proud of or think that, you know, you talked about that first time you really got into wine was the New Zealand Syrah. Yeah. Is there a wine here that you're like, this wine was just amazing and, and we still have it? Or this wine is amazing. I want to be able to make that again.
1: Yeah, so, so our, our very first year down in that building was, was 2010, and, and I had a rule, a personal rule, uh, for a while. I, I guess I still have it, uh, but it, I just don't get to follow it very often. And that is, if, if you're in a wine shop and you see a Virginia red from 2010, just buy it. Okay. You'll be fine. Yep. You're, you're going to like it and uh and that's why i don't really get to follow the, you know the, the, those those 10 nine-year-old bottles you know they, they don't really find their way uh right. in, into my line of sight that often but 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 yeah so that first year um for the reds we made uh chamberson and then we also made uh cabron cabsov and merlot okay and um I still have bottles of those, um, and I think we have a few cases stashed away somewhere um, um, for, that we're gonna like save for a wine dinner, or like we don't we don't have enough that just one person like one person could come in and say I'll take those. Right. Whereas we'd rather say, hey, how about we have a wine dinner and then eighty people can try it. Right. Um, but yeah, that right out out the gate, our, our, our Cabernet Sauvignon won a gold medal and the Governor's Cup. That year there were only thirteen, so we were we were in the governor's case that first year. I I didn't know what pH was like. I had no idea. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, But that fruit was so good and so clean and everything just like that. People always want to talk about being very non-interventionalist and letting the wine make itself, and 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 I I. I can tell you why I am also one of those people, and why I also think that that line is, is a is a bunch of nonsense. But 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 I, I will tell you that that year the wine really made itself, right? Because the winemaker didn't know what he was doing, right? And and so so those those wines to me stand out. And and if I if I have my friends over who are not really wine drinkers, if they if they tried that wine, they would say, yeah, that's really great wine. Um. I think that really, really good wine sometimes is not understood by people who don't like wine, and other times, other times, it will still grab people. Sure, you know, I mean, so so the wine that I'm talking about it was a 2007 uh, Kennedy Point Syrah, and 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 you know, I was trying to impress a girl that that I, I ended up marrying one day. But, well, but that's always good. It, it, it was good, yeah. So, um, um, but but she would take me to these wine tastings and i was like i just do not care about this at all and and then i I tried that wine and and i thought it was really really great and and then i wanted to try more wines and so now here i am i have a room in my house where wine gets older you know so so yeah so um I want to talk about one more subject
0: yeah can, I know we've been going on for a while
1: oh but but, but, but back to what you're saying what wines, I would say are, are 2010s 13s 14s and now 17s okay I, I would I would look for any of those
0: all right so one more. Because I know, and I would be happy to come back and do more of this. Yeah, man. Talk for hours. Well,
1: like I said, I'm, I'm always happy to talk wine. But
0: the one thing I want to, would want to talk about is the, the event that I came to was the, and I'm going to say this wrong, the Riedel glass. You got it. Um, class that you had Nailed here. it. And my question for you is, you know, I was sitting in this class. I know what the difference is. Mm-hmm. What does the glass make the difference when drinking wine?
1: Uh, so it's um, so I'll 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 just kind of briefly give the story of, of my first experience with Riedel as as you would have heard during the seminar, but. Uh, I was, I was at a trade show in Richmond. It was uh, Wineries Unlimited, and it's, it's just uh, people from all over the East Coast, winery owners, vineyard managers, uh, winemakers, and, and it's, there are seminars going for three days, four days, and there's a trade show floor where people are selling barrels and tractors and, uh, you know, tchotchkes for your tasting room and, and all the things. Everything's for sale. Anything that you would ever want to own or, or purchase for your winery or vineyard is there. And uh, with late one afternoon, I think it was like the end of the day. There was a Riedel seminar, which is a tasting. You you sit down, and there are four Riedel glasses, and then there is you know just a regular hotel wine glass that they call the Joker. And uh, they 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 put three ounces of wine in each glass. And so it's like a half a bottle of wine, and I, I saw this, and I was uninterested, but I thought, it's the end of the day. I could go for a half a bottle of wine, whatever. But, but I was very skeptical. I thought, I thought this, uh, this is just a, a, a bunch of, uh, this is nonsense, because I've already put all the hard work into it. I'm, I made this wine. You know, this is just something for people who are into wine and want to show everybody how into wine they are, that they got the expensive glasses. That's all this is. I, I, was, I was certain of it. And uh, and I went through the tasting, and, and you taste a Riesling and a Cab and, and a Pinot and a Chardonnay all in the proper glass, and then you dump it into this other Hotel glass, just an everyday glass that you'd see at any restaurant who does not care about their wine, and uh, I left that tasting just furious. I was so angry. I, I felt like it was a parlor trick. I felt like um, I felt like like you know there was there was somebody behind the curtain who was just pulling some strings, and it, and yeah, I was real upset about it, and so I went from thinking why would anybody spend all this money on a glass when they should just spend their money on good wine? To now, I think, why would anybody devote their life to making good wine and then serve it in a glass that's not going to show it very well? Right. You know, there's a reason why when you go to wineries, they don't serve their wine in a Dixie cup. uh uh-huh. Because it would be terrible. Right. Right? So if that's true, wouldn't the other end of the spectrum also be true? Sure. So, like, here's the, like that's not an ideal glass. There must be an ideal glass, then, right? And uh, so, this latest uh, um, series that they came out with, um, and, and Riedel is not paying me to be here or anything, but they they, uh, they made this uh, this series called the Performance Series, and their their tagline is it's the loudspeaker for wine. Right. And and it really makes sense to me, and and it's kind of something I've 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 mentioned in the past, but it's like, you know, when you're listening to music. Um, and you're listening to it on some earbuds that you bought at a gas station. Right, it sounds completely different than if you're listening to like your Sonos or, or uh, uh, you know some high-end Macintosh. Bose. Yeah, Bose speakers. Yeah, like like yeah, there's a big difference. And sometimes those things cost money. And but if you're if you're really into wine, it's a it's a great investment.
0: Well, I, I will tell you, attending that event as part of the event, you got four glasses. I actually ended up getting a fifth class because i got the champagne so i'm only yeah. missing one of the series but sitting in that class and tasting the different wines and mm-hmm. different glasses you do taste a difference you smell a difference yeah it's um, wild and it's it is very very bizarre I, I thought it was it was really great um and in fact because of that you offer two types of tastings downstairs correct yeah yeah <laughs> So explain, explain to me your two tastings.
1: Yeah, so, uh, well, actually, it depends on how you look at. We have four tasting lists. We, okay. we have red, white, sweet, and reserve. Okay. So so if you're, if you, and we usually tell people, mm, pick two and stick with it. Don't, don't try to do all 24 wines. But if, yeah, you know, so you can do any of those wines, and, and we have a, a standard glass that, that we use around here, and I think it's a good glass. Um, but, Is it uh, the same glass you use for your events? Like our Toast the Weekend yeah. And stuff. Yeah, Yeah. so I yeah. have
0: one of those glasses sitting on, on my wine
1: shop at home. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a fine wine glass. Yep. It, it, it does a, a pretty good job. But if you want to like really dive in with it, then you can you can get a Riedel glass, and you can either get a, a red or a white glass, uh, depending on what you would drink more of at home. Right. And and that glass you get to take with you. And um, uh, that's something that we wanted to do for people who we thought would would appreciate that that level of of diving into the wine you right. know in my not not only do my, my wife and i we only drink out of riedels at home and when i'm working in the cellar i only drink out of riedels i only taste um taste out of riedels because you know if if i'm gonna bottle you know 500 cases of something i want to really be able to taste it right. i want to really get in. and 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 like they say like this does not make bad wine good Right, it's it's just um, an amplification of what is already in the glass, so that you can you can better understand it and uh, and experience it in a more full fashion.
0: Well, and I think going back to that, it takes the wine and just like you said, enhances that experience, but mm-hmm. it lets you appreciate a wine that you may not have as appreciated as much yeah. as you do with that glass. Mm-hmm. So no, it was very good. So. If people want to come out and visit Bluestone, yeah. what do they need to do? Uh,
1: so you just go down. Uh, well, if you're coming from somewhere you go down 42 until you get to Bridgewater. If you're going on 81, we are on exit uh, 240. And you just head towards Bridgewater and uh, go south on 42 from there. You cross the only bridge in Bridgewater, and you take a, take the first right. Uh, we're a mile and a half, and you can't miss us. We're at uh, bluestonevineyard.com. We are on Facebook. I also have my own um professional page that has i think a couple dozen followers but it's uh lee lee hartman comma winemaker and that that's different than the than the bluestone page bluestone lets you know what all is happening here and my professional page just kind of tells you about what's going on in the vineyard what i'm doing in the cellar and and that sort of stuff so if if you're if you're like a if you're a bit of a cork dork then you can you can go ahead and like that page
0: and uh you you have a tasting room here yeah hold events here we do um do you have food here
1: so yeah we we, we have um, you know uh Meats, cheeses, crackers, uh, cookies, that sort of stuff. Um, we, we, as 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 I tell everybody, uh, my parents met working in a restaurant. My wife and I met working in a restaurant. Love restaurants. We have zero desire to be a restaurant. So, <laughs> so we we uh, since we don't have a restaurant license, we do encourage people to bring a picnic. It's it's literally the cheapest date that you could have. You just bring your own food and you buy wine at at uh, at store prices, not restaurant prices.
0: And I will tell you, the view here is amazing. You've got wonderful view of the Allegheny Mountains. And it's it's a wonderful spot to come and hang out.
1: We always tell people that the uh, the view is too good to keep to ourselves, so we built a vineyard. But yeah, and and if you uh, if you follow us on uh, through our email list or Facebook, we we are constantly trying to give people good reasons to come out here. We have like the Riedel seminar, we have our concert series just the so weekend. It's every second fourth Friday of the summer. Um, that's always a lot of fun. Uh, we have wine dinners. I have a blending seminar coming up in a few weeks. Yeah, always always. There's lots of fun stuff going on here.
0: All right. Well, Lee, thank you very much for spending the time with me. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for coming out, man.
1: Appreciate you being here.
0: I want to thank Lee Hartman for spending time with me talking about the wines of Bluestone Vineyards. You can visit their tasting room at 4828 Spring Creek Road in Bridgewater, Virginia. You can find them on Facebook at Bluestone Vineyards and follow them on Twitter at Bluestone Vine. If you're interested in the more nerdy side of winemaking, you can find Lee on Facebook at Lee Hartman Winemaker. Bluestone's website is bluestonevineyard.com. Until the next Living in the Glass, cheers. Thank you for listening to Living in the Glass. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find the podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps. If you have ideas of places you'd like to hear more about or just want to reach out, you can email Paul at paul at livingintheglass.com. Until next time, cheers.